0: In Jesus' name, we have prayed, amen. If I had to give a a title to this sermon, I would say making the decision to be extraordinary. Making the decision to be extraordinary in Jesus' name. Does anybody want to make that decision to be extraordinary, supernatural in Jesus' name? Amen and amen. Let's start with a quick uh, definition. You know me, I always like to use a definition when I start. So let's talk about what ordinary is first. Nobody wants to be ordinary because it's normal, no special or distinctive features, it's of a kind to be expected in the normal order of events, common quality, rank or ability, even deficient in quality, quality. that's ordinary. No different, you're not special, unexpected in any way, usual. Average, common, garden variety, normal, routine, run-of-the-mill, unremarkable, and standard. I don't know who, who wants to be ordinary. Does anybody? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But does anybody want to be ordinary? I hope not. I hope not. God did not make you and me to be ordinary in any way. Amen? Let's jump to extraordinary. This is our category. Very unusual, I, when, I, when I wrote this and when, uh, when I looked it up, I was thinking like they were defining Pastor Jide Laware. amen? Very unusual or remarkable, very unusual or remarkable, going beyond what is usual, regular or customary. How many know our pastor goes beyond what is usual, normal or customary in everything he does? And here's a key one, exceptional in character. I said exceptional in character. That's the man of God that sits before us today, exceptional in character. So exceptional, atypical, exceeding, peculiar, phenomenal, rare, singular, uncommon, and unique. And why is this? Because in Psalm 139, 14, it says what? I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that full well you if you don't know that scripture you need to know that scripture you are remarkable you are marvelous you are awesome you are amazing because god made you that way amen i want you to read the whole thing can you put up for me psalm 139 13 through 16 when i met uh, i don't know if it was last year i think it was either this year or last year i met with the singles and the the young people at their conference, and I did a talk. Can we put that up for me? Amen. And this is one of the main scriptures uh, that we use. So we're just going to read 13 through 16. It says, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame, what, was not hidden from you, When I was made in the secret place, I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be." How anybody can read that and not realize how special, how unique, how wonderful, how marvelous, how awesome you are. I don't care what anybody says. You are awesome. You are wonderful. You are marvelous. Never have bad self-esteem. I don't care what anybody, never. If if people just had that scripture, they would never have low self-esteem. As soon soon as somebody says something negative about you, that's, that's not what the Bible says about me. That's not what Jesus said. I was knit together in my mother's womb. Psalm 139, verses 14 through 16. That's what's on my heart. Amen? It doesn't matter how short I am. It doesn't matter how heavy I am, how, how light I it, it doesn't matter. God made me the way I am, and I'm awesome and wonderful that way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do you feel better about yourself? Do you feel better about yourself? Okay. I feel better about myself. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's go back to our original uh, scripture We read it over. We had a beautiful uh, reading. And let's just look this over. So let me just read it one more time. It says, for God, who said, let there be light in darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. Our key verse, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God not from ourselves we are pressed on every side with troubles but we are not crushed we are perplexed but not driven to despair that's a word for somebody today amen it says in verse seven it says we now have this light shining in our hearts what light is he talking about he's talking about the light that was in creation he's talking about the light of Jesus when when He's talking about the light of Jesus dwelling in your heart, in the believer's heart. Amen. We have the light of Jesus in our hearts. How many know that Jesus is the light of the world? Amen. Jesus is the light of the world. That light is in our hearts. How many know that we're the children of light? And John, it says, believe in the light, who is Jesus, while you have the light so that you may become what the children of light for you once were in darkness but now you are what the light of the in the lord live as children of light you are all children of the light and children of the day we do not belong to the night or to the darkness amen we are of the light and jesus is the light of the world amen Amen. So that's our first verse. But then it goes on to say, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. I think another version says earthen vessels containing this great treasure. We are like fragile clay jars, earthen vessel. This depicts our humanity in its weakness, not in our strength, in its weakness. Amen? Don't take that weakness as a negative. God's going to turn that weakness into positive, but that's how he proves his point. He doesn't take something, he doesn't take his strength and put it in something of strength. He puts his strength into something of weakness, so now we can see the glory of God. Amen? My, my biggest, Pastor, my biggest testimony was at my weakest point. I don't, I don't know if anybody gets that. When I was in the hospital, on the bed or when I, my surgery was over, at my weakest point, the fact that God had saved me and people saw the miracle of what happened to me, I was at my weakest point. I couldn't stand up. I had tubes everywhere. I, I, I couldn't speak because of the tubes that were down my, down my throat. But people could walk in that room and see the miracle of God. They were encouraged even at my weakest point. The ministers, when they came, I hope they were encouraged. My mother, when she came, I hope they were encouraged. People left saying, God can do miracles. Amen. But I'm on the bed and can't move. So at my weakest point, God demonstrated the greatest miracle through me. Amen. You don't have to try to be strong. You don't have to just be who you are. God wants to use you to do great things, but not in your strength, in your weakness. Amen? Amen. I think in 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven it says, it talks about God using the weak things to shame the things that are strong, revealing their frailty. So he actually shows the, the, the weakness in the strong through using the weak. I don't know if that makes sense. But that's what God does. Amen? If you feel weak, don't worry. God is going to use you for his glory. Your time is coming. Don't worry about being weak. God still wants to use you. God is getting ready to flip the switch. Remember he says, the last shall be first. We get down on ourselves because we feel like we're last. We feel like we're not getting what we're supposed to. We feel like we're at the end of the line. God is going to flip the switch. He's going to move you from the back to the front. Let me tell you what happened. When I went to the hospital, I'm just using this as an example. When I went to the hospital, I believe I was the third in line, I think Pastor, I was the third in line for surgery. So they were going to do my surgery, the third surgery. Every surgery is six hours long, 30 different people they're going to use one guy one of the lead surgeons was coming back from vacation i think he was going to do my surgery i told my wife i said you know because you have to have an advocate in the hospital right so i told my wife she was my advocate i said i really don't feel comfortable being the third person after so that would be 12 hours of surgery with these 30 people uh dr Tunde. i didn't want to be the third case on i mean they might start getting tired You know, they might start making mistakes. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to tell the doctors what to do, but I just didn't feel right about it. I mean, I couldn't tell the doctors. They didn't know what they were doing, or I didn't want to be third. So, I I mean, I don't know what happened, but they came back and they said, you know, Mr. Wright, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to move you from third to first. They moved everybody for me, amen? Amen, that's what's called favor. I wasn't there when they were talking about it, but they decided to make me number one. So I was the first one rolled down (laughs) that hallway to go into that surgery for those first six hours. (laughs) I wanna be in the first six hours, not the last 18 (laughs) hours, amen? I pray for the person that was the, the third. I'm going to pray for them, but I'm glad, I'm glad I was first. I don't even know what happened, but I, I hope they made it through. I hope they made it through. I don't know. Maybe I better go check and see what happened. I, all I know is I'm alive. Amen. Amen. I wanted to make one other key point. This was from uh, when I was looking at this scripture. This was from Nelson. Uh, King James Version commentary, and it said the quality of the gospel ministry is calibrated by the degree to which it points attention to the God of glory. That's a lot, right? Did you get that? It's on the screen. The quality of the gospel ministry is calibrated by the degree to which it points attention to the God of glory. So that's what it's talking about in that last line. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Our ministry, I'm talking about our ministry, under the leadership of Pastor Jiddy, is measured by this. The degree to which it points attention to the God of glory and the glory of God. Amen? If you know our purpose, our purpose ends up with pointing the attention to the glory so God receives the glory. Amen. I believe, pastor, that your ministry is measured. We we rank high, I believe, because you have always focused on giving the attention to God, not to yourself. Pastor B, I believe God is pleased. I, I believe in my heart I would not be here and be a part of this ministry if I didn't believe what I'm talking about. I believe God is pleased with our ministry. I believe God has blessed us because of the pastoring, the shepherding, the ministry of Pastor Jide, Lawari and Pastor B. Amen? God is pleased because we're not drawing attention to us. We're drawing attention to Jesus. We're drawing attention to God. It's not, how often do we talk about us? Amen. This is one day in a year we talk about pastor, but we still even give the glory to God first. Amen. Pastor's going to get his, but we're giving glory to God first for him. Amen. Amen. God is good. Let me move on because I don't want to run out of time. Are we doing okay? Are we all right? I have good news for all the saved people in the house. If you're saved, if you're born again, If you're redeemed, washed in the blood, Holy Ghost filled, baptized believer, I've got good news. Sound like my old gospel, my old Baptist. Roots, the rose of Sharon. Amen. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you what? You will be saved. If you've made this decision, remember we talked about the thing was making a decision to be extraordinary. If you've made this decision, you have made the first and the best decision you can make to be extraordinary. You got to make that first one, though. If you don't make this one, you can't get to supernatural. You can't get to extraordinary. You have to make this one. So if you make this one and have made this one, you've made the first and best decision to becoming Extraordinary. Amen. If you haven't made it, I hope you make that decision today because I don't want you walking out this door without the potential to be extraordinary. Amen. Amen. Let's look at some extraordinary traits of people that are extraordinary. So once you receive Jesus, you have the potential to be extraordinary. Why? Because now uh, Jesus' light is in your heart. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside. Amen. So some extraordinary traits are reflected in what you now say, what you do, and how you live out your faith. Amen? This is where you can take notes if you're taking notes. Extraordinary people make extraordinary statements. Did you get that? Extraordinary people make extraordinary statements. Let me read one to you from the Bible. This is Daniel 3, 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the god we serve is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. But if he does not, we want you to know your majesty. We will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Okay, imagine this you're getting ready to get thrown in the fire. The fire, the furnace is turned up 7 times hotter than it normally is. When the people go to open up the door that work there, they get burned up. And you're able to stand there and make that statement. Imagine that being you. I'm imagine that being me. I'm I'm running, I'm 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 out of there. They said we will not. We will not bow down to the golden image. That's an extraordinary (laughs) statement. Amen? You really got to think about that thing. Could you make that statement facing that situation? Amen? What about the Canaanite woman? Her daughter was demon-possessed and Jesus is there and she's asking for healing and she turns her, Jesus says, look, I can't, (laughs) I, I can't do this for you. I can't give you know, bread to dogs. Now imagine Jesus making that kind of statement to you. Did she get mad? Did she get upset? Yes, Jesus, I understand. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Please, Jesus, I just need my daughter to be healed. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Please, Jesus. And Jesus did what? Jesus was moved by her faith. He was moved by what she said. Extraordinary people make extraordinary. She could have got mad. She could have tried to tell Jesus off and just stormed out the place. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Amen. Amen? And Jesus did what? Healed her daughter. Because the faith moved him. The extraordinary statement from an extraordinary person moved Jesus' heart. He did it for her. He'll do it for you. Don't be afraid to make an extraordinary statement to Jesus. I told Jesus, Jesus, I don't need you in heaven. Jesus, I need you with me here when they were giving to take I said I need you here I need you in the room Holy Spirit I need Jesus I need you and his presence was there amen I know it was extraordinary I know I wasn't supposed to ask for I asked for Jesus (laughs) to be in the room with me amen amen extraordinary people take extraordinary actions First let me say, we have a pastor that makes extraordinary statements. Pastor, I thank you for the courage that you have had over the years to make extraordinary statements. I know it's not always popular. I know it's not always easy to say, this is our year of outpouring. That's a bold statement. That's counting on the Holy Spirit to move. You don't know he's gonna move But you believe he's going to move because he told you. And he moves. Amen. That's the kind of pastor we have that makes those type of statements. Amen. Aren't you glad you have a pastor that is willing to step out on faith and make those kind of statements? Amen. Extraordinary. This is number two. Extraordinary people take extraordinary actions. I said extraordinary people take extraordinary actions and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment for she said to herself if I may only touch his garment I may be made well I may be made whole I may be restored my health will be restored to me amen do you know what she had to go through I I believe I've heard the Uh, pastor and others preach, of what she had to go through to take that action. I think it was thousands and tens of thousands, 15,000, 20,000 people she had to push through. Imagine you're already sick. Your body's already hurt. You're already weak, and you're pushing through 20,000 people to get to Jesus just to touch the hem of his garment. She said to herself, if I just touch his garment, I shall be healed. But she took an action. Sometimes we talk, but we don't take the action. Talking is good. Making a statement is good. But there's an action associated with that. And she took the action to touch his garment. And Jesus responded and healed. She was healed. Jesus turned around, who touched me? And then the disciples make another ludicrous statement, right? What are you talking about? All these people touching you. The type was always saying crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff. Amen? In Genesis, this is another one. In Genesis 6.22, uh, remember when, uh, this was when Noah was asked to build the, the ark. And I, I read all the description of all the things. It was 450 feet long. It was 70 feet wide. It was 75 feet tall. It was all this stuff. And after they described everything, the type of wood, how to be constructed, in Genesis 6:22 it says, "And Noah did everything as God had commanded him." So he did every single thing, every action he did that Jesus and, and God had directed him to do. Amen? So he took the action based on the word of God. Amen? And that's what we have to do. And I thank God. I believe that's what pastor does for this church. I believe this building. Remember when we were talking about this building? This building, God showed him in vision and God showed, Brother Brother Funcho, this building. Pastor didn't just talk about it. He made this thing happen through his actions. Amen? Let me tell you something. Most churches, when they grow, maybe they double. Maybe they triple in size when they go up. Do you know how many times we went up when we came here? This was a major test of faith for the man of God that sits here. We went up like 10 times from where we were. I don't know if you remember. What was the address? I, I try to forget the address. What was it? What was it? 302. Okay. Right. Wow. Well, we're here now. 239 East 1st Avenue. (laughs) Amen. Let's move on because we're running short on time. Extraordinary people display their faith. Amen? And when we talk about faith, we talk about Abraham being the father of faith. Remember, Abraham was getting ready to slay his his son and that was proof to God that Abraham was faithful and was going to be faithful. If he was going to slay his own son, he was going to be faithful. Amen? And we've We see the faithful actions of our pastor, particularly an example would be the worldwide missions that we're involved in now. I remember when Pastor first said, oh, we're going to be sending money all around the world. We're going to be having ministries all around the world. I was like, okay, Pastor, can we send some money to Trenton, Camden, amen? Let's solve Newark's problems first. But God showed him that we were going to be a worldwide ministry and we're taking the faith to support those ministries. Amen? Let me wrap this up. So let's connect this to our year of what? What's our year? Our year of outpouring. I was amazed when I saw the connection between our year of outpouring and the theme of this, this, uh, this special service. So our, our theme and our, uh, for outpouring is welcome to 2019. Pastor wrote this last in the beginning of this year. Welcome to 2019 our year of outpouring one of the most radical and powerful promises of the outpouring of the holy is the promise of the holy spirit simply put the promise is a game changer promise it is a promise to make what ordinary men and women to become extraordinary so they connected the outpouring with the theme for pastor's appreciation going from ordinary to extraordinary. Why? Because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's what makes us extraordinary. That's what makes us supernatural. Amen? Amen. So what's contained in outpouring? Here's here's the blessing. See, outpouring is outpouring, but there's more to outpouring than outpouring. Does that make sense? And the more of outpouring is privilege, honor, assignment, purpose, promise, and blessing. Let's talk about the privilege. It's a privilege and honor to be a chosen vessel of God. I think every minister over here, every pastor, appreciates the fact that God has chosen them to be a vessel of God. It humbles us because we don't deserve it. And he gave himself, I think John or somebody read this this morning, and he gave himself to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We are ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Amen? It's a privilege and honor that we don't deserve, and that keeps us humble. There's an assignment and purpose. Uh, Genevieve, you'll like this. There's an assignment and purpose in outpouring. But you will receive power from the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of Earth. Jesus, when he gave the Great Commission, he says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, do what? Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's an assignment, and there's a purpose in outpouring. There's a promise in outpouring. God makes and keeps his promises. He's a promise keeper. He says, I will pour out my spirit. I Not I might, I may be. I will pour out my spirit, and God is not a man that he should lie. If he says it, he will do it. If he made you a promise, he's going to keep his promise. He doesn't lie. If he said it, he will do it. And finally, there's a blessing. I hope you like this. There's a blessing in outpouring. I said there's a blessing in outpouring. When pastor talked about outpouring, he, didn't, he wasn't just talking for himself. He was talking about for all of us. He said it's on sons, it's on daughters, it's on old, it's on young, it's on women, it's on men. There's an outpouring and a blessing for you in outpouring. Amen? That's going to take you from ordinary to extraordinary in Jesus' name. Just like he blessed Abraham, he's going to bless us. He said... Surely you will become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on the earth will be blessed through him. I don't know if you believe it, but there's going to be an outpouring on Pastor Jide. There's going to be an outpouring on Pastor B. There's going to be an outpouring on the ministers. There's going to be an outpouring on the trustees. There's going to be an outpouring on you. There's going to be an outpouring on the ministry leaders. There's going to be an outpouring on every member of this church. The nations will be blessed through us. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. In Jesus' name. Pastor, here's what I want for you, and I'll take my seat. I want us all to be blessed and outpouring, but from a friend's heart to your heart. I'm asking God for a double blessing for you. I'm asking God for a double blessing for you, your wife, your household, your children. In Jesus' name, when God outpours his spirit, it's a double blessing. Whatever I want for myself, I want double for you. Because I know that when you're blessed, the world will be blessed. The church will be blessed. The nations will be blessed. God's children here will be blessed. We will be blessed if he's double blessed. Amen? Do you want it for your pastor? Do you want that for your pastor? It's a blessing to be blessed through the man of God. You got to get that. You got to get that. More love, more peace, more joy, more anointing, more, more, more. We want more fresh anointing, fresh oil. We want you to walk in the supernatural at all times. May people be healed like with Peter by your shadow. When you walk through the streets of Argentina, people healed. When you go to Uganda, the children will be delivered. They will accept Jesus and salvation. They will receive what they need because of your presence, because the anointing of the Holy Spirit goes with you. In Jesus' name. That's what I want for you, Pastor. I want more. I want more. And I want you to be personally, sometimes we leave this out, and I'm going to take my seat. Sometimes we leave this out. I don't just want spiritual things for you. I also want the things that we need in life. We need wealth. I want Great wealth for our pastor so he can minister in freedom. You don't have to worry about bills. You don't have to worry about how to send your kids to college. You don't have to worry about anything in your life. Wealth. We want wealth for our pastor. For pastor B, freedom to minister and not worried about finances. We want you to have the house of your dreams, the car of your dreams, anything that the desires of your heart. We want for you so you can minister in freedom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Please agree with me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We agree. In Jesus' name. It shall be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.